Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Keith Grubel, Senior Vice President at BHG. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Keith Grubel talking to you about perfecting your proud uh, your yeah. You're all flustered. Yes. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Keith Grubel talking to you about perfecting your practice, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group. This session is one I'm very, very excited for because I get to invite on a good friend of mine, someone who really was driving this entire initiative of getting out there and engaging all of you and sharing some of the information that we have to offer. So I'd like to welcome our very own Chief Marketing Officer, Chris Panabianco, to the show. Chris, how are we doing? Doing very well, Keith. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Excellent. And we have joining us once again one of our great commentaries, Mr. Gene Marks, Thank you, Keith. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's fun. This I'm really looking forward to this conversation because um, even though I do a lot of writing, I run a 10-person company outside mm-hmm. of Philadelphia, and I love uh, marketing and trying to find new clients. And whenever I run into a business that says I've got plenty of work, I always think they're lying because, <laughs> right? I mean, nobody. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as having enough business there's right? never enough opportunity out there yeah. I agree 100 and i think that's one of the things early on bhe identified and when chris came along i think we were a very different company one of the things that we do very well as all you healthcare professionals that are listening to us know is reaching out and touching our customers making sure that we're engaging them on a regular basis and chris is the gentleman that leads that entire initiative um Chris, he is sitting here telling us, no, that's not me. But yes, Chris is one of the gentlemen who really drives into making sure that we have an outreach to all of our customers, not just through mail or through marketing presence or through trade shows, but in every medium and context possible. So Chris, I was hoping to pop you on because I've been traveling a lot. I've been out at the trade shows. I've been meeting with numerous different healthcare professionals around. And one of the themes that I constantly see recurring are marketing companies popping up left and right. And email marketing and online marketing and everything that you could possibly imagine, website design and SEO. And I see this trend really growing and growing and growing. And I think the healthcare professionals are in need of understanding, hey, how do I market my practice? How do I grow my business? What do I do to compete in an environment that's getting tougher and tougher out there? And I thought this would be a great time to share some of your uh, industry secrets and knowledge on how to go ahead and engage people. Well, thanks, Keith. I think the first thing is to look around the table, and I think this could be the opening to a good joke. Yeah, yeah. a marketing guy, a salesman, and a CPA. And, and, and all three of us are bold. Exactly. Yes, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, people can't see that, but that's yeah. uh, that's the other part of the joke. But okay. I did have a great head of hair about eight years ago. And then he met me. And then I met Keith, and we've been friends ever since. So I, I think it's very important for everybody to stop. You get bombarded everywhere you go. Already, this is a stat I share that baffles my mind. You're inundated with more sales and marketing and advertising in one year than our grandparents ever saw in their lifetime. Wow. Think about it. That's amazing. You drive the average American sees over 2,000 advertisements a day. That you is insane. I have a 40-minute drive from my house to the office, and every day I just look, and I look at the wasted dollars. It's all about wasted money. 
Imagine what you could do with that money instead of that billboard that no one will see, instead of that radio ad that no one's listening to because we're all on satellite radio now. It, it's really something that I think every healthcare professional should sit down and really take a good look in the mirror and say, what is it that I want for my business? Hmm. What is it that I want for my practice? Is it, is it a constant drip of new, new patients? Is it going out and purchasing new equipment or adding a service or adding staff that will bring in a new patient to the door and really say, is that what I want? Do I want another practice? Mm -hmm. Do I want another location? If, depending on how you answer that, that's how you go about who you talk to and what marketing initiatives and advertising you take on. But the most important thing is understand what your goals are and where you want to go with your business. I think that's a great place to start because I think oftentimes people look at marketing and as you mentioned, there's millions if not billions of wasted dollars every day on either airtime or billboards or um, click click uh, ads. Online that's ads. And, uh, uh, sure. It's crazy. So if you had to choose one area that you would say maximize your return on investment where healthcare professionals can make a really good impact with their patient base or growing their patient base, where do you think that would be? Hiring me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are not ready to let go, Chris. Wow, you must no. work very cheaply. <laughs> so I think the number one area, because it's right in front of us and it's something that we have access to, it's email marketing. And mm -hmm. the reason why I say that is because you have a patient base and everyone has an email. My 74-year-old father, everybody tells me, oh, you know, the older people, the older generation, they don't have email, they haven't adopted technology. I can't get my father or my mother off their iPad. <laughs> it's to the point where I've deleted Facebook. I don't want Instagram anymore, but everybody's adopted it, and you have thousands of patients, hundreds of patients. Yeah, but Chris, you know, you hear every day, oh, email is dead, and, you know, Facebook and social media is taking over. I mean, you know, how can you say email marketing? It's not because I live it. I live mm -hmm. it and breathe it. And as I look around the table and I look around our office, people are glued to their phone. They are. Mm -hmm. they, they are. are. You know, it's funny. When my kids um, were applying to jobs, they were all like Facebook and Twitter for a number of years. And then when they uh, were graduating college and they were looking for jobs, all of a sudden everybody's on email, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because the business world uses email. It's still the primary means of so communication. It's easily accessible. It's in your pocket. You get in front of people all the time. I think it's the primary source of sharing information right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're all over 40 here. Mm -hmm. Keith's mm -hmm. getting close. Some of us are might be a little mm -hmm. over 40. Yeah. But I remember a time when I started my career, when you left the office that day or when you left on a Friday, that was it. Mm -hmm. Unless someone was calling you, that was the end of your day. The now, good old days. The good old days. <laughs> you didn't carry your typewriter with you? <laughs> I do. Get off, get off my grass. Um, but what I've seen is a big change. And the reason why I say email marketing is because we have access. You're talking to your patients. You have information. And people trust you as a healthcare professional. So they're willing to give you email. Uh, they're, they're willing to give you their email. So what you can do, and you can do this very easy, you don't need another company. There are many platforms like Constant Contact or MailChimp that you can go on for free and set up an account and you can upload. They have templates. You can do it yourself. But the key here is knowing your audience, knowing what messaging to send them, and really you know, kind of profiling who you're talking to. So do you have an older generation that you can shape your content? Maybe it's a newsletter. Um, you can do automatic birthday cards, and you can set up so many different things, but it's that email that people will trust. It's very intimate with people and their mobile device and email. They're looking at it at all times. Unfortunately for my team at work, having a newborn daughter, I'm up all night, so my team gets emails from me. 
But that is the number one way to get a hold of me. And it's cheap, it's free, it's very measurable, and it's easy to do as a healthcare professional who doesn't do this for a living like I do. Well, and it's flexible because you can do it anytime, like you just mentioned. It's not like you have to sit down and start kind of crafting out hours of your day to figure out how to go ahead and do this creative stuff. I have so Chris, um, you talk about content, okay? So um, good, I'm going to start. I'm a healthcare professional. I want to. I'm, I'm going to start sending out emails, okay? What kind of content? What would you recommend? I would recommend again. What is your practice? So, is it general practitioner? Are you a veterinarian? Are you a dentist? What is the biggest service, or what are you you performing the most procedures of? Um, you can survey your clients again through an email. You mm. can set up a simple survey. What is it? What's important to you? What can I get to you? Mm. Have I added a new service? Have I bought a new piece of equipment? Am I running a special? Uh, those are the type of things that I would go after. But you have to know your customer base and your patient base to see what will resonate. The beauty of all of this is testing. Mm. The, within Mailchimp, you can do A/B tests and you can put one message out and see what happens. And you test something else. And it's just very easy, and it's instantaneous. You'll know what's working immediately. Hey, Chris, two seconds. Talk a little bit about what MailChimp is and what those mail services do for us. Sure. So MailChimp and Constant Contact are two platforms I've used a lot. Uh, they are free. You can go to MailChimp.com or wow. ConstantContact.com. You'll hear them all over satellite radio. Uh, they are... They're not a, completely free. just want to say, I mean, you, you pay as you on step the number, as you step up. That's right. Got depending it. on your, your contact right. base. But it's even then, it's very affordable. Very, very, much very so. affordable. Very much so. so you can just go on, and as a novice, you upload, simply upload your email and any data that you have on the customer. Mm -hmm. You put that into the system. You go and you can create templates. So if it's a newsletter or if it's a birthday or if it's anything, they have custom templates. You don't have to be a designer. You don't even have to be a writer. That's you can awesome. just put this information in, and it's simple. Okay. Hey, I have a question real quick. I'm sorry to jump in no, there, Gene, fine. but you mentioned survey before. One of the things that excited me, I'm that guy that gets surveys constantly, and if somebody provides me a service, I fill it in, whether it's how was your oil change experience at the car dealership or how was your flight experience. I do the same thing for my doctor now that I think about it. You mentioned that. How easy is it to create a survey? What kind of questions would you add to a survey to kind of engage that customer a little bit more and, or that patient a little bit more, I should say? So it's very easy. You know, there are Question Pro, there are um, SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey. Very much like the MailChimp and Constant Contact. You can pay as you go. Very simple. Drag and drop simple questions. What would I do? I, would, I think it all starts with a service. Mm -hmm. As someone with three small kids that has seen his share of appointments, I want to know what your experience was as a patient because that woman at the front desk or gentleman at the front desk, how I'm greeted, how I'm treated when I call in, that is the cover of your book. It's the brand. That, that is your brand, whether you like it or not. If they're mm -hmm. having a bad day, you need to know about it, and you need to hold them accountable because that represents your business. It can make or break you. So I would ask about the experience, all of my staff. How are my facilities? Uh, how was the service I gave you? Is there anything else I can provide you with? Any questions you would, as a business owner, want to know to help you improve the offering and service you have. So you've talked about different platforms you can use, like Constant Contact and, and, and MailChimp. Um, you've talked about some content that you can provide about what you do and um, you know maybe some educational advice for you know depending on what your patients are expecting from you. Um, we've talked about the importance of surveys mm -hmm. um, and doing that as well. Now, I get this question a lot, so I'm curious to hear what, you know, what, what your thoughts are, Chris. How, how often do I send emails? Because how many are too annoying and how few or am I missing the boat? That's a very difficult. It's a great question. I get it a lot. And it is a very difficult because I have my sales folks that want me to send it every 15 minutes. <laughs> I have my, my PR folks and my research folks that say send it every other month. 
Yeah. I think it's a balance, and I think you really have to know your patient base and you test. Nobody wants to have the phone ring 100 times. No one wants someone to knock at their office door 1,000 times a day. So I would take it very slow and see what works. And then you can ask, again, through these various mediums, ask, how often would you like to be contacted? Um, you can set up an editorial calendar. I think that's a very good start. There are seasonal things that you want to reach out with as a healthcare professional. My vet, every year when my dogs need a shot, if it's the dog's birthday, if the seasonal tick issue is out there, you set that up and you look very closely at how those space out. And then over time, you start to introduce one, two, three elements. We call them trigger terms. What is it that's important to your customers as you get to know more about them? Throw one in there, see what happens. Hmm. And you will get pushback. So if you get people who unsubscribe from your list, you know something's going you know something's going on there. So you just have to monitor it. Be willing to fail. That's the beauty of marketing is that nothing's perfect. You want to get out there and test. And once you find something that works, you do more of that. I think you just hit on a number of things that just kind of got my head spinning. So I was going to ask you a little bit. You mentioned about your um, removed from lists and watching those. So I guess that's a statistic that you take a look at and manage. Um, as far as email, what else from a simple level? I mean, realistically, our practitioners are focused on building that practice but what are maybe two or three simple things that they can look at and measure when they're doing an email campaign that shows the effectiveness of it that's a great question and i think a lot of people as we've talked about taxes and financing there, there are overwhelming areas of every facet of owning a business marketing is one of them because it's not something that everyone knows very simple kpis or key performance indicators i look at are one the unsubscribe obviously i want to know how many people are opting out of what i'm sending them but one of the most important is open rate. Mm -hmm. I want to know that the information I have is getting through. And there are a couple things you'll have to watch out for. You'll, you'll hear two terms, hard bounce and soft bounce. A hard bounce means that the email address you have is no good. Uh, that happens from time to time. We deal with it. You have to maintain a certain percentage. Soft bounce means that the email inbox could be full. Someone's not checking it. Uh, it will continue to run through that, but you want to watch those to make sure the data you're putting in, because any of these ESPs or email service providers, you are judged based on the cleanliness of your data. Wow, that's good uh, to know. And then the other one, and people forget about this, is, oh, my open rate's great. I had 65%. That's great, but what's your click-through rate? Mm -hmm. How many people, you're putting a call to action, which please, please, please put a clear concise call to action for the customer to do something off of your email, hmm. whether it's to click through to a landing page to get more information, whether it's click to schedule an appointment, you want to make sure that percentage is high. And a lot of these EF ESPs, they have standard click through rates, open rate percentages by industry. So you can measure yourself. You don't have, this, this isn't rocket science, mm -hmm. but they're very important things to do because if you're sending out an email, no one's opening it or, or people are opening it, but no one's clicking through your business isn't growing. Can I add on to the click-through um, thing that you just said? Um, sometimes people get deceived by open rates because some email clients, when I mean by clients, like Outlook, for example, which mm -hmm. is used by hundreds of millions of people, um, when you view, you can have a preview view of Outlook of all of your emails. That's considered by some email services to be opened, sure. even though nobody really read it. They were just kind of clicking through it when they were in their inbox. So the real factor, like you just said, is a, is a click-through rate to make sure that somebody's actually, actually clicking on it. Um, I have another question for you, Chris. Um, getting emails through spam filters is a bit... And by the way... That's a good one. 
but big credit to the email industry and the internet service providers. Spam used to be a major, major problem. And, and all, in all honesty, spam folders have gotten a lot better, which is good mm -hmm. for me as a user. You know, I'm not getting as many much spam as I used to get, um, but it makes things a lot more challenging if you're a marketer. So, you know, Chris, what would you recommend? Just, just a two or three. How do I get my emails through somebody's spam filter? Again, great question. Number one, watch your subject line. Do not use keywords or trigger terms. Uh, a lot of these service providers, they have a monitor that you can check your, your subject line. Right. Using the words free or uh, new, any of those words, that, think about it. You're, you're someone, even as a marketer, I think about my own inbox and I say, does this even look legitimate to right. me? Um, so that's number one. Number two is watch how many pictures you put in. Make sure they're sized right. Uh, number three is watch the content of your email. Uh, you know, again, in a competitive landscape, there is a lot of spam out there. So email service providers will not deliver things that trigger spam. Uh, as you said, Gene, it, it's something that it's gotten better and it is very well regulated now. Right. Uh, so, you know, you just have to be very careful that how many links you put in there. Uh, make sure that your, your email doesn't look like a NASCAR uh, promotion. <laughs> you know, you could stick to one thing and, and do that one thing very well. Test the content. If you are going to put in imagery, make sure that it's not something that takes a long time to load or will clog an inbox. Uh, you know, those are things that I've unfortunately done the wrong way. But, you know, 17 years of doing things wrong and figuring it out along the way, it's taught me a thing or two. But they're very simple steps. And, again, a lot of these email service providers, they give you the tools. Right. And they mm -hmm. do that. The test they have, before you send it yeah, out. Yeah. Right. So one example, I love MailChimp. Uh, mm -hmm. We've used it a lot. You have a preview panel that you can test it in a mo on a mobile device, on a tablet, across different uh, platforms. So Outlook, AOL. Do people still use AOL? No. Keith, I know I'm you. guilty. No, no, they don't. Keith does, but <laughs> Keith nobody does. else does, yeah. right? Everybody's Am I giving away my age again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they will, by email service provider, they will give you the different kind of inboxes. So you can test and see how it renders. Watch the font you use. Watch how you're putting links in. And always, always, always spell check. Always spell check. Always yes. spell check. And don't Rats. <laughs> <laughs> so you just hit on a bunch of different things, but I think the one constant that I've heard was test, test, test. Mm. Don't be scared to fail. Get out there. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people are scared of is that they don't know where to start, so they don't do anything. And we get paralyzed by fear, and we don't go anywhere with it. How do you get past that fear? How do you get that ball rolling? What was your first campaign like? What pushed you out of that comfort zone? Keith, let me ask you a question. How did you learn how to swim? I, well, I actually fell into a pool as a very young child, and I learned by necessity to doggy paddle my butt out of there. <laughs> my father pushed me in and said, figure it out. Uh, in, in this case, Thanks, really, yeah, he's listening. Uh, Hi, Dad. In, in, in this case, I really, I really think you have to just try. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't screw it up, um, but you have to be consistent. And that's where people fail when it comes to any type of marketing. If you start to put a newsletter out and it can be two articles, it could be one article. It could just be a message, but make sure the customer or your patient is meeting, you're meeting their expectations. So if you say, here's a monthly newsletter, you better make it monthly. Mm -hmm. If it's a commit. weekly newsletter, you ha you have to commit Deliver. to it and then ask questions, seek feedback so that you can refine what you're doing. And every, every aspect of marketing, we, Keith, we've sat down with Gene and we've talked about what are the best things we can even do on this podcast. Mm. It's all about what your audience wants and will, will use. Because if it, it really, if you throw something out there and nobody, nobody reacts to it or nobody gives you the feedback, you're wasting your time. 
Man, that's a huge statement because I think oftentimes everybody puts out there what they think they'd want to see or they'd want to hear, they want to know. So really survey your audience, understand what their wants are, focus on your specialization, make sure you're delivering something that adds value within your specialization and keep testing and trying or a lot of those things that I'm hearing you say over and over and over again. And it's like riding a bike. You have to continue to try. You're not, if it works the first time, I'd be very surprised if it, it might take three, four or five months of, of testing. Uh, but again, you have to keep trying and, you know, drop the ego and, you know. So I, I just have to add something that we, um, so in my business, we sell a few different software products and we send out email newsletters on those products every year. We've been doing it for years. We use constant contact to do it. And uh, our list can be a few hundred or a few thousand people on, on, on the list as well, all opt-in, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but um, we've been doing it for years. I can't tell you how many times somebody will, will respond to an email out of the blue saying, hey, Gene, you know what? I've been getting your emails for the past three years, and we are interested in something sure. that we sell. And it's only because we've just been doing it consistently month to month. And then here's the second part of this comment is um, I employ somebody to do this. And, you know, I mean, I know you guys uh, at Bankers Healthcare, you guys have a marketing department, and I'm not saying that that's something that all of us can afford, mm -hmm. but for a couple hours a month uh, to have a kid, a marketing major from a local university, or uh, to find somebody out, you know, at a up, you know, Upwork or one of those kinds of things on the hour, say, listen, every month your job is to get this email. You got to take it seriously because people expect there to be consistency. Um, and when you make that commitment, give it enough time, uh, you'll get responses. It'll start working. Yes, and I, I think the other thing too is you gotta, you have to, as a business owner, monitor the replies that you get. So at BHG, we send out hundred of hundreds of thousands of emails a month. I look at every response to an email, to a survey. Many of our listeners may have gotten, and whether it's good, bad, or ugly, you want that feedback. The second I get any information, and trust me, there are people in our in our company, I can they, it. And Keith knows if I get any kind of feedback, I'm on the phone with them because we, and I think everybody from every doctor I've ever gone to, we provide the Ritz Carlton experience. And if one person tells me that they didn't get that, it I'm hurts. all over. It, it does hurt. And yeah. I take it personally. Cool. So I think as, as a healthcare practitioner with everything you're asked to do these days with a changing environment of regulations and insurance reimbursements and now here i am telling you how to go bring in more customers and email and now i just introduced another system you have to still maintain that so taking your advice gene and it, these these kids coming out of college now they know all of this stuff inherently yep. and a lot of them not only can manage your database they can give you ideas on how to get more email addresses in your community they can even design these emails for you yep. and really keep you on track so yes you can do it yourself but i think you bring up a very good point uh, of going out and seeking local talent because they're trying to build their resume and it could be a very affordable option i just have a, I, I have one no, other question I, I, so Best time of the day to send an email. Uh, when's the best time for me to email you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question. Well, you know, it's. Um, I read that it's. I read uh, that that millions and millions of dollars have been spent by colleges and research institutions all around the world. Um, our tuition dollars, and they've they've concluded that most people are asleep between the hours of midnight and six a.m. Mm -hmm. Which is money well worth spent, uh, and and what I heard is that between uh, correct me between ten a.m. and three p.m. during the week Eastern time is that does that make sense to you or not? I've heard so many theories. Yeah, what's your theory? What do you what do you think? If I followed what 
the book says. Yeah. You would only email Tuesday to Thursday because on Monday, everybody's getting themselves back going. On Friday, everybody's checked out. out. Happy hour. In our, and then again, you'd only do it from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. because you've put the kids to bed, you're home, you're not at work. Ah, right. okay. um, or from 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. because nobody's Top gotten their work day going yet. <laughs> but when it comes to healthcare professionals and what we do, it's all over the place. Right. So we segment our data. But if I'm a healthcare professional and I'm answering that truthfully, I think what you have to do is you have to find out what works best for you. You have to, t- again, another time. I know it's a... a a very generalized answer, but Ask. I'm someone who's 40 years old with three kids. And as we talked about earlier today, I was up from 115 to 330 with my daughter who doesn't sleep anymore. Now so, you know when to email Chris if you have yeah. any issues at all with BHG, you're going to get them between yeah. one and three. And you'll get an answer. I don't know what kind of answer. Yeah, I was about get, to say it might not be the most polite answer. Yeah. I'm warning you. But. So, okay. I, I think what you have to do is you can test. Um, you don't want to be emailing when everybody else is. You know, I, Seth Godin's one of the greatest marketing minds I've ever, uh, ever listened to or ever read. And he said, it's stuck with me my entire career, purple cow. Mm-hmm. You have to stand out amongst all of your competition. Mm-hmm. And your, your patients aren't getting a thousand emails from healthcare providers, but they're getting a thousand emails. So how are you going to stand out and be different? So from your content to your message, to your offer, to when you send it, you have to find that it's a balance and you have to find what works for you. So my best bet, I think people are more responsive in the morning and from nine to 11 at night. That's my personal opinion. Um, but again, there are analysts. I have 12 analysts that would probably tell me different. <laughs> at least 12 different answers. Yes. Exactly. Chris, I want to circle back around to something that you guys both touched on. And again, I'm out a lot of times at events and I'm seeing all of these different vendors popping up everywhere, trying to solicit healthcare professionals on how to do exactly this. At what point do you think it's big enough to bring on a full-time resource? I know we said, hey, reaching out, maybe a college student, maybe somebody in your community, a part-time resource that could help you out. But when do you think it's time to start looking at a full-time advertising person or outsourcing that? I think there's two times I would look. One is when you're not doing it consistently enough. If you're small enough to do it yourself, you're fine. But when you see that it gets to become a hassle or you're not being consistent or you're not getting any kind of response, that's a good time. Number two is if you have the money to do it. You know, as we talked about growing a business and throughout all of our podcasts, you have to spend money to make money. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a case you're marketing and advertising. If you've gotten to a point where it's no longer your passion or something you want to do, that's when you go out and you find an expert uh, to do it. I also respond to that as well. We, we, um, so in my company, I have three people that are helping me out with marketing related activities. There's social media and email and we do like events as well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like trainings and whatnot. And uh, they're all three separate part-timers and they're all, or contractors. And as we're having this conversation, literally, um, I am going through the process of saying, you know what? I think I, I think I need to replace all those three per- people with one person. Mm-hmm. So if, if you get to the level where you're spending the money and you realize it's just not efficiently being spent, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, I'm thinking to myself, I think I need to bring on somebody full-time to handle this. Um, what I'm going through right now in my mind is what will be the specific return on investment for this person? You know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to hire somebody for, I don't know, 70 grand a year, 60 grand a year, whatever it is, you know, um, how am I going to make sure I'm going to get that money back, you know, every year? And that, that's what I'm wrestling with right now. So I want to add on to that a little bit because we're talking about kind of return on investment and how you're getting it. We've talked about 
how do we get more of your patients to come back in or to respond? But what about acquiring new patients? What would you say the best way is to address that via email marketing? That's a whole nother conversation. Mm. I think Stay number- tuned for episode two. <laughs> <laughs> and three. And four and five. Yeah. And we'll, we'll eventually we'll, we'll hit the nail on the head. Through email, you have to be careful. Do not go out and just buy lists. You have to grow your list organically. Your people will show awesome. you out. You'll waste your money. It's like the billboard driving in off the highway. You have to be targeted. You have to get people who are a willing audience. Mm -hmm. So, again, finding out where can I collect email addresses, how can I get people to give me their email address, it's an intimate experience. I think what you have to do is really focus on areas of driving that. So is it being out in the community, uh, sponsoring events to where you're taking signups? If you're asking for referrals from your current patients, that's another great way to get that. Hmm. Um, you know, there are simple steps to do it, but you have to be careful in how, because they're the can spam rules. You really want to make sure you're doing it right. Awesome. Good. I think that's some great feedback. I think this has been a very, very, very informative session on email marketing. And I really appreciate it. Enjoy doing this back and forth with Chris. Obviously we've known each other a long time. We've worked together a long time. So being able to share a platform and add value and have somebody like Gene come in and just give us insight, not only from a small business perspective, sure. but from his finance background and, yeah. the, and the advice to... that Chris gives is great. It helps me. It's outstanding. Thank you. And I'm sure there's a write-off somewhere in here. Oh, somewhere. I'll, I'll figure that out somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode of Perfecting Your Practice. We look forward to having you back. Hopefully, you found this session informative. If you'd like some more information from Chris, you can reach out to him directly. Chris, you want to share your email? Sure. Chris P at bhg-inc.com, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very responsive on both platforms. And as always, you can check out bankershealthcaregroup.com, where you can find all of the episodes for this podcast series and learn about how we can help you perfect your practice. Thanks so much for stopping in and spending some more time with us. We look forward to continuing to add value to you and your practice and help you grow and perfect it every day. Thanks. Have a great one. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, visit bankershealthcaregroup.com.